Welcome to the Money School Podcast for January 28th, 2021. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday morning on the West Coast. Everybody's talking about the GameStop situation. I've gotten a ton of questions about it yesterday and today. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to that podcast. I want to follow up again just because there has been you know, just a number of developments that have happened last night, overnight, and this morning. Let's get into it. Dude, what is going on with GameStop? That's a question I've gotten like 50 times in the last 24 hours. So I wanted to do uh, an expanded podcast, touch on it again, and just kind of break down everything that's happened since the podcast yesterday, The People versus Wall Street. I don't want to start completely over from yesterday, but I want to build on it. So go back and listen to yesterday's podcast if you want a little bit more foundation on what we're talking about. But here's what happened. Wall Street Bets is a subreddit page on the internet where... People are exchanging ideas both around the stock market, investing, stock tips. This is not a new phenomenon. This has happened on Reddit in Wall Street Bets for a bunch of years. And honestly, it's kind of what happened to Tesla for the last five years where everybody inside the business hated Tesla. There was no reason to own it. The earnings were crazy. The PE was crazy. If you owned it, you were kind of, you know, not a joke, but like, They would ask on the panel on CNBC, like, who here owns Tesla? Nobody would ever have the courage to say they even owned it. Um, So it's kind of like the black sheep. The only people that got that right were individual investors that were largely consolidated on Twitter and Reddit and Facebook, different places where you guys know, look how many people are talking about stocks that have never talked about them. They're out there. They're talking about stocks. People are investing. It's great. There's a ton of, of boom happening because the access has gotten a lot better. And that's what we're talking about here is the access. So first I'd go back, I would listen to Chamath Polyhapatia, absolutely level Scott Wapner, the host on CNBC yesterday. They talked for about 20 minutes. Um, Chamath is one of the best thinkers on the planet. He's just a brilliant guy and somebody that you should be listening to. Listen to him talk and, and debate his points. And then also listen this morning to Tyler Winklevoss talk to John Fort on the same program. Tyler Winklevoss and Chamath are both leading the, um, the charge for the little guy who is the individual investor. That, and, and that's not a little guy with a $1,000 account. That could be a you know, million dollar account or multi-million dollar account still. You know, we're talking against hedge funds and the financial system that's billions and trillions of dollars that are using a ton of leverage that are so much bigger than any small investor on their own could ever essentially compete against or have access to information that is equal to or greater than. What's happened with the internet is that all of these individual investors and a lot of the individual investors, the people that are in Wall Street bets, there's also like hedge fund guys and industry people that are in there that are either sowing discord or also like kind of like trying to get their idea in. But there's also really, really high level explanations of stuff like gamma squeezes and short sales and uh, or short squeezes and how those accelerate in front months all up and down the option chain. It's really sophisticated stuff. Like people are, are giving these people online a ton of shit like they're a bunch of morons living in their mom's basement. But honestly, there's a ton of money that's not inside the system that are outsiders that know the games that the insiders play and they're using them against them. That's what's happening. So the Wall Street system 
is these hedge funds, these long shorts, they do, there's very few good ideas out there in the stock market, especially ones where you feel like you're not taking any risk and you're just making free money. The version of that that's existed for the last decade has been short selling the VIX and buying the SPY or buying the S&P 500. So essentially what you're doing is you're shorting the volatility or the fear index and you're taking that profit and you're buying the stock market index. That's what a ton of hedge funds do all the time in, in um, long short or multi-strat, whatever. There's always, a, there's always an element of shorting the VIX and buying stocks with it. And when that goes the wrong way and the VIX explodes, it makes the whole system have to unwind. So every single time you're seeing a stock market crash more than 5, 6, 10%, every single time, every single time, the reason why it falls the way it does is because of a lack of liquidity because they're using so much fucking leverage to do anything. They're using – back in 2008, it was 30 times leverage, which means 3% decline in the value of your assets leaves you unsolvent. Now leverage is more 10, 15% or 10, 15 times, so it's less, but it's still way too much. And you, in Chamath talking about – you know, people have a $50 billion fund and they're trading $500 billion of notional with it. That's what they're doing all the time. And it's a copycat league. So you see a couple people do the same thing and they all jump on. So the pandemic hits. All these hedge funds say, what's the obvious idea? All these mall retailers, all these businesses that can't open, we're going to put our boot on their, on their throat and we're going to step until they die. That's what they're doing with GameStop and Bed Bath and & Beyond and all these ideas. That's what short sellers are doing. There's a 140% short float in GameStop, which means they are just squeezing it to death. And the Wall Street Bets people said, hey, what they're doing here financially, they're talking about fundamentals. There's no owners of, of AMC or GameStop that are fundamentally driven. They're a lot more fundamentally driven than people think because what they're doing is they're looking at, hey, there's a really big uh, discrepancy here between the amount of shares that are available and the opportunity within the options chain to blow these guys out of here. So that's the first part of it. The first part of it is a bunch of hedge funds took the position of we're just going to bet against all the stuff that can't even open. Like, if your business is forced to be shut right now, the short interest has exploded. Just like for the last five years, the fossil fuel industry and affiliated people, they have, they have, they've rallied around shorting Tesla and it hasn't worked. And when you short an idea that's good or you get caught off sides, being wrong, that money is like fuel on the fire. So that's phase one. Everybody started betting against these really obvious failing mall businesses huge short interest. The Wall Street bets people start saying, hey, here are some opportunities for us to, you know, maybe induce a gamma squeeze or to create a, a huge squeeze effect and force these short sellers to buy back shares to close their position out. That's all well and fair. That's just the market sorting out an idea. Is GameStop going to live or die? Is that a good company, a bad company, whatever? It doesn't matter. The investors, the people that own the shares, they're the ones that are trying to figure that out. The financial gerrymandering is the major issue. So Robinhood has the biggest group of individual small investors on the planet. They're highly correlated with Wall Street bets. 
So if those people say, okay, we're going to coordinate around this particular asset and this is what we're going to do, which is not illegal. This is what hedge funds do with their idea dinners and behind the, you know, at the country club type of shit. The country club just went to the internet and now the country club people, you know, the members are a bunch of, you know, thick dad 45 on on, uh, Reddit and it's not some, you know, hedge fund banker at a country club. It just looks different. It's hilarious watching these articles and they're like naming the, there's a thick dad something was literally somebody's username that was posted in like a Wall Street Journal article that I read. It was amazing. Um, but the reality is, is that what the hedge funds and the insiders have been doing forever is now being turned against them and they don't like that shit. So the first thing they did was they got Wall Street bets shut down and privatized. That was first and foremost. Second, they got the regulators talking on news saying, hey, we're looking at this and we're going to come after you guys if you guys are fucking with this stock and you guys are making this go up and you're doing things you're not supposed to. We're going to come get you. Third, uh, Citadel and .72 bail out Merlin with $2.75 billion on their short book. Merlin used, the guy who runs Merlin used to work for Stephen Cohn. Stephen Cohn is .72. What they did is they said, hey, we know you're getting blown out here and you're losing hundreds of millions of dollars to these people that are squeezing you. We're going to come in and we're going to provide you some capital to double down and triple down on your bets. And we're going to, in exchange, since we buy your data flow, you're going to shut down your trades in AMC and in uh, GameStop and in these tickers that are exploding right now. And they shut the valve off so that now there's only selling pressure. They're only letting you sell. They're not letting you buy. That's the biggest problem. This is what's going to lead to lawsuits. And this is what is going to go probably to the Supreme Court at some point. Because they're allowing you to buy it and get in trouble, but they're not going to allow you to to sell or to, to make an informed decision as a free person. The idea that you're making a mistake with your money or whatever, if you've gone on Robinhood and you've signed up for options, what you have to do to get to the level of options trading that is available, like you have to read the shit. Like there's warnings and whatever. They're trying to nerf this market is insane to me. It's just insane to me that now that the wrong people are making money in the eyes of the system, we're going to really just throw all of our morality out of the window and just freeze the system. That's not a better option. That's a, that's a terrible option. And what's foul to me is watching CNBC like I do while I'm working all day long. I mean, I've watched CNBC as I'm working for 15 years. There's probably no human being on planet Earth that has watched more CNBC for the last 15 years than I have. I wake up with my alarm. I turn it on. It's on until markets close plus an hour. It's on around me all the time. I've heard these guys interview a million people. They're never rude or disrespectful to anybody like they were to Chamath or to Tyler Winklevoss this morning. Like they let people like Carl Icahn or Leon Cooperman come in and talk shit about Elizabeth Warren and throw out these wild claims like baseless shit. And they just let them say whatever they want. And they never check them because they're old white dudes that are in the system. And then you immediately get the Bitcoin guy, which is the Winklevoss. They own more Bitcoin than anybody else. I mean, it is what it is. The big, the, Tyler Winklevoss, might, they might as well be the, the literal Illuminati. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg tried to make Facebook to impress these dudes, to get into their secret society, their actual secret society. And then he fucked them and created Facebook and they went on and and essentially 
went as evangelists for Bitcoin. So between Facebook and Bitcoin, those Harvard Review guys, they literally own everything. So that's neither here nor there. But they're going on the podcast. They're going on uh, CNBC, which they never get invited to go do really ever. Um, and then the, the tone of like mocking these people is crazy where it's like, no, these are the, the couple people that have been right. What we're seeing right now is, is proof that these couple people have been right. And they're talking to Chamath like, hey, you need – Scott Wapner literally said – Hey, you come on here and you need the integrity of the markets to sell your SPACs. No, he doesn't. He goes on there and sells his SPACs on the integrity of his own name. And we follow Chamath because we believe in him more than the market. Because his integrity is greater than the market. Because the IPO system that rewards insiders that can shut off order flows or that can provide access to IPOs, that's a different – like – that's crazy to me. That IPO ecosystem, and then you have Chamath saying, no, we're not going to participate. We're going to spack these businesses and go around that. No, yeah, he's an, an enemy to that. Elon piling on, tweeting game stonks. He does that because he hates short sellers, because he's been going through this same thing for the whole existence of Tesla. It's not about value creation. It's about trying to be smart and look smart. And when these people look stupid, they start cheating. That's what happens. Andrew left at Citron, uh, Merlin Capital, the Robinhood people, uh, TD Ameritrade is down with, you know, their servers are down. We've been really slow for the last two days. I just heard that Stash is locking people out. This is some horse shit. Like, excuse the language, but people are getting screwed here. And it's not that they're buying. It's because the brokerages and the system itself is screwing people, not people screwing people. It's like if people are if it's like if somebody dies in a car crash and but they're, you know, they're wearing their seatbelt and they're driving the car. But the car, you know, takes control and veers into a tree. So the idea that this is somehow a fair fight or. There's been some moral failure from the people on Reddit doing something they shouldn't have done, you know, colluding or, you know, there's nothing immoral happening with what's happening on Reddit, period. It's no different than what's happened from a lot of the exclusive meetings of people that are in the industry and have kept us out and made us buy IPOs at ridiculous prices and blocked our access to anything legitimate or to cheap capital or to any of the things that wealthy people have access to that we don't. Then you get Dave Portnoy last night and this morning coming out and blasting Robin Hood for saying, listen, you can't pause people from trading because it's, it's wrong and it's more. And he's blasting. That's in a way that is the voice of the Internet. And whether you like Dave Portnoy or, or not, he represents a lot of the same voices of the internet that are basically saying like just the way just because you do something a certain way doesn't mean we need to do certain stuff a certain way um and i think that's kind of where it comes down to of like first and foremost don't be mad when we do the same shit to you that you do to us and then don't have different rules for you than you do for us because again not to just keep quoting people but Winklevoss was on CNBC today and he's like, yeah, it never happens where hedge funds or high net worth accounts are frozen and they're blocked out from certain tickers. He's like, show me an example of that. Like it never happens. 
like Robinhood, if you own these stocks in Robinhood, you're just out of biz, you're out of luck. If you own these in a high net worth Morgan Stanley account, you're in there, you know, ripping people's eyes out. Like you're doing whatever you want. Like the access isn't fair. And that's what's getting exposed is that the access to the markets isn't fair. And that there's things going on inside the market that people don't like, like piling on businesses that are going out of it. Like GameStop, there is a, a nostalgia thing there. I think it's just a ticker symbol that gets people, it, the business is failing in an idea where people understand like, yeah, this is a business I've engaged with and it's not doing great, but they're familiar with it. There is a level of nostalgia of like around maybe their childhood. Most people don't have positive memories of, of GameStop. I don't know a single gamer that likes GameStop. Every gamer's opinion of GameStop is I took my game in there that I thought was worth 20 and they offered me four or $6 credit. They never were somebody that people liked. So the idea that this is like some, we want to save and rebuild this company. No, they're strictly doing this to gamma squeeze and fuck the people that are shorting it and shorting all the other stuff that they like and shorting Tesla and talking bad about Bitcoin because the overall, like the overlap of all of these things is like the correlation has to be like 80 or 90%. People that are gambling in bubble stocks, people that are gambling in penny stocks, people that are gambling in Bitcoin, they're all really highly correlated. And I bet they're really highly correlated to um, sports gambling. And I think that's where the Portnoy stuff comes in and the Barstool stuff comes in. Because I think there's a lot of people that are just trying to play the game of I'm right and you're wrong or I caught you with your pants down type of situation. They're going to move on from GameStop and AMC. You can filter through what are short... I think what's really going to happen is regulation, they're going to step in and say, hey, hedge funds can't short 140% of a company. Like, at a certain point, there needs to be laws of physics until we get into some matrix type of situation where nobody's really playing with any type of gravity because the gravity is gone. That's kind of what we're dealing with, is just the rules have been stretched to a point where there doesn't really seem like there are any rules left. So this is what I'm looking for a firm statement from Robin Hood. They come out and they reverse what's happening and they need to address their order flow issue, specifically with Citadel and Ken Griffin. Until that happens, I won't trade another penny on that platform, period. I've, I've already, like, I'm, I feel bad that I have ever given it out as a link. I like that it's simple, but this is the fatal, fatal flaw of Robin Hood and it's being exposed in a huge way right now, is that... Not getting the perfect fill is one thing, but not having access to the markets at all and having them shut off is a totally different ballgame. So a, a brokerage platform shutting down because the order flow is so crazy and the system technically can't handle it and there's a system-wide outage, that's one thing. That's one thing. Like There's been crazy days where TD has gone down and nobody can get on or get their trades in and everybody's pissed. But it's system-wide. What's happening now is it's ticker by ticker. And maybe those system-wide outages was a factor of those were system-wide, probably short VIX, long index trades. But now it's gotten so granular that we're hopping in to restrict the trading of certain securities. Like, that's insane. That's insane to me. And that's not going to work. That will push the internet people... um, into a pushback. This is just a, a new hope 
Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, classic situation. Punch, counterpunch, punch. And we're just going to see counterpunches go back and forth now. And we're going to see bigger and bigger names want to hop in the middle of it. Mark Cuban and all these people, they're hopping on and, and trying to put their two cents in. And I think we're going to end up getting some type of regulation, you know, one way or the other. Um, but it definitely shouldn't be that individual investors have there should be massive penalties for brokerages that shut down individual names. And there should be equal penalties for the hedge funds that are creating these situations. And they're paying the price. They're paying the price. Just like the people that are going to hold on to GameStop too long are going to hold the price. It's a zero-sum game. For every winner, there's a loser. For every loser, there's a winner. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I'm going to check in this weekend with a housing market update. Um, who knows what stocks are going to do? We have half of today and all of tomorrow. So I might hop back on for another day tomorrow, but just wanted to, to put a bow on this because I've gotten so many. Um, I, I don't think that the news is doing a great job of explaining it. And I've gotten a lot of people reaching out saying, you know, what's actually happening with happening with this. And more so than people want to buy and get in and make some quick money. They want to understand what's actually happening. The, uh, the thing that's going to affect most people is if, Hedge funds are short a bunch of stuff and those go the wrong way. They also have to sell what they're long and they're selling a lot of good companies. And that's what I've been buying for the last two days. Peloton, DocuSign, um, Fresh Pet. A lot of these companies that I already like, if they took some heat, if they're getting, especially anything that's not in the S&P 500, those are used a lot by hedge funds to be long those names. Like there's a lot of companies that are, long a DocuSign and short a GameStop and the GameStop gets blown up. They got to sell their DocuSign. I don't want to chase the GameStop. I'm going to go swoop up, swoop up that DocuSign at a discount from those weak hands. That's what I'm going to do. So that's my plan. I'm going to continue to add good stocks. Um, oh God, I didn't even get into Apple, Tesla, Facebook earnings. All of their earnings were great. All of them have sold off afterwards. That's kind of just a greater market thing. There's a ton of expectations built in, but I think if you own Either of those three companies, you have to be really happy with the quarter. Um, probably Facebook first, Apple second, Tesla third in, of those particular three. Um, people are kind of not believing Elon on his guidance for 2021 deliveries of a million cars. Um, we'll see how that goes. But the Apple numbers were awesome. Um, and the Facebook numbers, Instagram store, ARPU, all that stuff was great. So I think the move is to own the quality stocks that are getting dragged down by all of this and to think long-term and to stay focused on your money long-term. That's where I'm going to stay. All right, now we're done. Have a good day. I'll talk to you guys soon.